the hell are you? I'm the parking attendant. And you're bothering my customers. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. I'm Greg. I'm Carol. And I'm Ara. Ooh! <laughs> Why is it the show? Why is it the show edition? Making their debut. Debut. Debut, actually. Debut. So this is it, guys. Campaign 2000 came to fruition. Uh... <laughs> we managed to get two people... On the show that we're legally bound to. <laughs> Our first wives. <laughs> Our first wives. Add them together, they could be JCVD. Almost, A-K-C-K. Yeah. They're all, they're all letters. They're all letters, great. Fact. It is a JCVD episode, so should we give a quick little uh, Campaign 2000 update? Yeah. Um. Mostly disappointing news here, in, uh, <laughs> as as you're probably used to at this point with any campaign 2000 update. We followed up with our contact, whom we connected with in our live in person uh, meeting experience. with John Claude Van Damme experience, life altering experience, and uh, he said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll follow it. up. I'll get right back to you, champ." Yeah, he, I think he called me champ too. So I was like, "This isn't happening." <laughs> so that ship has sailed that bridge is potentially burnt so we're kind of back at square one with our square never one. ending quest Ooh. to get Jean-Claude Van Damme on the show. Can I on a more positive note can yeah. I say that recently JCVD did a live story oh, yeah. on the Instagram and he was basically reading out the names of everyone that commented. So I jumped right in there with, with our double impact <laughs> yeah. account and I was yeah. like hey <laughs> we're back Joe. Please 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 and I thought at some point this is going to happen. He's going to talk to us. This could be our campaign 2000 happening right now. So I tried to rig up my phone to our little podcasty situation there. <laughs> and then in the process of doing that, I had to close Instagram briefly. And as I turned it back on, hit record on the thing, he said, double impact. And we're like, did he just... Is he talking about us or his movie double impact? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the odds were stacked against us. They were. And the odds played out correctly because it wasn't about us. But. We sat because he recorded the live story so we could go back and listen to it. And he's just basically reading out every name under the sun and saying hello to these people. Except ours. And then we're like, he's just saying names. So surely he's just said double impact. But then he's like, <laughs> oh, yes, that reminds me of a story when I was filming Double Impact. Yeah. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. God damn it, John Claude. I feel like he's toying with us. I, yeah. Maybe you should have said we were the guy in the bright blue windbreakers. <laughs> that was true. That's our brand. Yeah, he would have got that. Anyway, <laughs> so we're doing a Van Damme movie because it's our Every 10th, 10th episode. This is our 70th. 7-0. 7-0. It's nowhere to run. Nowhere to run. The year was 1993. Mm. Can you, are you able to contextualize that year for us, Craig? Yeah, look, I won't dwell on it. Uh, it's a sad one today when we look back at 93. Um, fateful night at our rap party venue, the Viper Room. Uh, oh, Hollywood no. lost one of its brightest upcoming stars, River Phoenix, famously overdosed um, yeah, on October 31st, 1993. Um, and was Keanu there? I, did, I haven't read that he was. Yeah, okay. His family was. So his brother was. Joaquin. was. Joaquin was there. Wow. His sister tried to give him um, mouth to mouth. 
So this, should I give a little – I figure we'll yeah, cover yeah. River Phoenix probably in more depth in later episodes, i.e. when he's in the movie. Yeah. He's not in Nowhere to Run. So uh, I thought I'd just give a, a little bit of rigour to the, to the night that was. It's a pretty famous story. Uh, he died of a drug overdose, um, a mix of heroin and cocaine. Interesting guy. He was very anti-Hollywood in, the, in terms of the whole, uh, yeah. you know. Scene. Scene. Bit of a Johnny Depp. Type? Well, yeah, he was he was a uh, incredibly hardworking activist. He was a huge activist on animal rights and um, vegetarianism, and right, which probably was more controversial in those days. Yeah, I think so. There was no Netflix documentary about it. Yeah, then. that's right. It was he was kind of like the prototype for some of these guys, but he was actually all in. How on How did it, he so. feel about five G towers? Uh, he would have been against them. Yeah, yeah, they were raised in a cult. In that uh, Christian cult, um, Children of God. Really? No way. Yeah, um, which Whoa. was pretty gnarly. But the story goes he'd been on quite a bender for the few days leading up to that night. He'd been partying with the uh, guitarist from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and apparently he was quite Frusciante. a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. John Frusciante. And they, they'd go on like a multi-day bender and... Yeah, right. And basically inject coke or crack heroin type thing yeah. and that would like shoot you right up and then they would have heroin to bring you back down and just like mellow you out and then do that again and that was kind of like the trajectory. Uppers and downers. Yeah. So he was that night, he was with his girlfriend, Samantha Mathis, and they weren't meant to be staying. He was dropping some stuff off at, uh, to his siblings and he was right. quite a muso as well. He played in bands and stuff and so I think that one of the guys wanted him to play there that night. So randomly... He played, did like, it was meant to be like a 45-minute set. He was meant to be having a quiet night with his girlfriend. Um, and then she was sort of like, this is a bit weird. He's a little bit different to normal. He wasn't like wigging out. And then apparently on stage he tapped one of the other band members and was like, I'm not feeling very good. I think I'm ODing. Fuck. And then the other guy's like, Matt, you can't be ODing. You're standing here talking to me and playing music. He said, but if you want, I'll take you home. It's like, no, no, I should be right. And then there was some sort of altercation with him and another guy that his girlfriend saw and then he got thrown out. They got kicked out of the venue and then he started convulsing on the sidewalk. And apparently in 93 it wasn't as uh, heavy on the paps as it is you yeah, know, right. in today's day and age. So there wasn't, uh, you know, a heap of people around to help him basically. It was right. quite quiet. He went to hospital. He wasn't uh. dead there and then. But he obviously passed away in hospital. Terrible story. He seemed Damn. like a pretty awesome dude. So where do we go from there? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do I start with this? Because this, yeah, well, this we'll movie's just, a bit of a tragedy. This movie is Shakespearean. <laughs> really. I meant more in terms of it not being very good. What? <laughs> we're doing, okay, I'm sure we're doing nowhere to run. Soon. Yeah, we had nowhere to run from this movie. Hey. <laughs> She's laid it in, the first zinger of the evening. She's sitting back from the mic now. She's lighting a cigarette for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Big year for movies, 93. The year of Jurassic Park. It's the year of Mrs. Doubtfair. Mm. It's the year of The Fugitive, Schindler's List, The Foam, Indecent Proposal, Cliffhanger, Sleepless in Seattle, The Pelican Brief. Um, a few movies we've already covered. Number 12 was uh-huh. Demolition Man. Number 13... Cool Runnings. Ah. Yeah. But do you know what came in at number 33? 
to run. Carol's got it. Nowhere to run came at number 33 that year. So you may not have picked this having watched it, but this is a top five in terms of gross, box office gross for Van Damme. Yeah, that's surprising. And if you exclude, if you exclude Confu Panda's top four. So this, this got 80 mil at the box office, which, no, 64 mil at the box office, which, which is about the same as the last couple of uh, Van Damme joints. So he's still on his ascension in terms of box office gold. I think he was operating off a bit of, um, goodwill in the market to to get that kind of attendance. To this oh yeah, well he's a he's picture. a household name by this point. He's, he is Jean Claude Van Damme. Jean Claude Van Damme. Mm. Wham Bam. I was man. still calling him Van Damme. I think. Yeah, Mister Dam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of Rotten Tomato scores, critics were not really raving. Um, Interesting. Interesting take. It's almost as if they saw it and um, decided accordingly. Thirty uh, percent was the critic score, with an audience score. He saw things. Quite differently, audience score of thirty-two percent. Ah, yeah. Well, yeah. sorry, what was critics? Thirty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to laugh. You, you know, you can laugh. laugh. You don't need to muffle your laugh. The girls are like, <laughs> "What is this? What are we doing?" I was like, "What's happening?" Uh, What's happening? So oh this is so. Uh, evidently, the wives of the show don't actually <laughs> listen to it. So let's. So where we are in the show right now is we. I listen to every single episode. <laughs> Greg takes us back to the year. I take us back to the movies of that year, which is a nice little segue into, hey, was this a big movie for you? So should we start with The Wives? Have you seen, did you ever watch Nowhere to Run before this week? No. No, (laughs) didn't even know it existed. (laughs) I'd never heard the title of this movie. I have to admit though, which is tough for you guys to hear because you have a podcast called (laughs) Double Impact. I don't think I've watched many Van Damme movies in my life. Well, grown exponentially since I've met. Greg, obviously. Well, but this is what marriage is about. It's about growth. Mm, so that's what yeah, Greg nice, brings nice. to the equation and mm. that's a tough act to follow. Mm. So I'd, I'd take a moment of reflection to think about mm. what am I bringing to the marriage? I, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Why, are you, why, are you, why are you, everyone laughing at that? <laughs> I think that's a great suggestion. Greg wants to know. <laughs> uh, so that's a no from you and it's a no from you. What about you, Greg? Is this a big one for you growing up? Uh, nah. You know, when I... When I think back on my fond memories of viewing Van Damme films, yeah. this one isn't front and centre. It's not even a tournament. There's, yeah, there's, there's really a lack of tournaments. Yeah. Yeah, I had a similar thing. It wasn't a big one for me. I think I saw it just randomly on TV here and there. Yeah. Um, the, maybe the first Van Damme movie with boobs? Boobs. Boobs, not pubes. <laughs> Did you say pubes? You said pubes. I said pubes. <laughs> It does. It probably has pubes too. I might have said P instead of B. Sometimes I get them confused because <laughs> a P is very similar to a B. It's just it's that the little subtle. circle bit is. It's a mirror image, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it's the same stick. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely right. This is good content. <laughs> <laughs> we're off to a flying start. We are. We are. I think we're all in agreement that this is not a top. Well, in terms of. You know, in terms of movies that impacted us growing up as JCVD fans, this was not at the top of the heap. No, there's not um, enough spinny key. I mean, we'll get, yeah. Especially coming off um, Universal Soldier, which oh, was a massive oh, one for oh, me. Oh, which again, I think this is why this one did so well. It's right off the back of that. Mm. He's on his ascension. Should I get into the origin story? I'm curious to hear if there was one. Origin story. Well, so... 
being the JCVD app, why don't I, I'll give a bit of a recap of where we've been so far. So if, if you're new to the show, every 10th episode is a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie in chronological order. So if you go into our podcast and listen to every 10th episode, you're basically getting the life story of um, our Lord and Savior, Jean-Claude Van Damme. So to recap where we've been, the year is 1993. This is mm-hmm. five years after Bloodsport, four years after Cyborg and Kickboxer, uh-huh. uh-huh. three years after Lionheart and Death Warrant. Uh-huh. Uh, he's getting bigger and bigger. It's one year after Universal Soldier. This that And Universal Soldier we discussed last time was, was kind of his, his uh, entering a new chapter, getting out of like martial arts niche and more into the mainstream lap pack territory, yeah. I would say. Some more so this, guns, some more explosions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess this is his sophomore effort. Is that what that works? I'm not clear. Yeah. Let's say it's his sophomore effort in more of a mainstream lap pack territory, the next chapter. It's almost, almost like Universal Soldier was his Terminator, uh, but everything he'd done before that was more of a... Uh, Hercules in New York. Yeah. <laughs> or a Conan. Ah. In that, in that kind of not super mainstream. Um, but this was a big one, like I said. So in terms of his his movies until this point, there's been a steady ascension in terms of box office return. Mm-hmm. Ara, do you remember the box office return for Bloodsport? No. $12 million. <laughs> 12 mil. Cyborg, $10 million. Kickboxer, $50 million. Lionheart, $24 billion. Death Warrant, $40 million. Double Impact, $80 million. Universal Soldier, $80 million. And this is like 65 or something. So the, the data is showing... It's trending in the right direction. There is an ascension here, yeah. And mm. he started with a quite, a quite a tight crew of Canon Films and Sheldon Lettich. But he's in new territory here. This is the point in his career where he gets a three-picture deal with Columbia Pictures. So he's breaking out of sort of the, the Canon bubble. He's breaking out of his Sheldon Lettich bubble. He's done one movie with Roland Emmerich, which is a bit of an outlier. But this is, this is a new thing. Yeah. But the first movie in that three-picture deal with Columbia Pictures was Nowhere to Run. Uh, I think the other two, from what I could gather, were Street Fighter and Maximum Risk. Oh, what a trifecta. I can't remember Maximum. Maximum Risk is probably similar to this one for me where I don't, I couldn't tell you what it is. Is that the hockey one? That's Sudden Death, isn't it? Oh, what's Maximum Risk? Yeah, I don't know. It's on Netflix. I look forward to it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, if Street Fighter was his pinnacle of uh, substance abuse. Yeah, well, we're getting there because, yeah, that was 95, I think. Yeah, so we're th- 93 now. This would be, I know, chronologically not. But if that's the the party, this is the hangover. <laughs> yeah, kinda. <laughs> it's quite a sleepy performance. Wait, yeah, so yeah, substance yeah. abuse was before this film or after this film? It was probably starting here, maybe. Oh, interesting. Okay, did not. The know party that. is. So basically, on Street Fighter, which was ninety five, he was was it ten grand a week or a month on coke? Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't, he doesn't remember, remember wow. making the movie. No way. This one. No, 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 Street, Street Fighter. Fighter. Oh, Street so Fighter. this is two years before Street Fighter. So we're still in the relative Golly years. Dolly Renaud remembers him making the movie. Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Is that what did she say? <laughs> <laughs> he, he banged Kylie Minogue apparently. Oh. Yeah. Um, but in terms, of, in terms of this movie, in terms of Nowhere to Run, where did this movie come from? Mm. You know, it didn't come from Jean-Claude Van Damme. He didn't write the script. But uh, it was originally written by a man named Joe... Esther Haas. Esther Haas? <laughs> <laughs> I need this spelled out phonetically. Uh, for I want to get a compilation of you mispronouncing <laughs> names. It's pretty much any name ever. Uh, Greg Kearney? Yeah, it's close enough. Um, you remember him? He's the guy that wrote he's the guy that wrote Basic Instinct. Oh, that guy. Yeah. I remember he was a bit of a he's a bit out there. He's pretty out there. Yeah. He was bragging about hooking up with Sharon, Sharon Stone. Yeah, yeah. 
And he wrote that book about Mel Gibson and how scary he was, which sounds right. But he had got a weird career. Yeah. So he he's a he's a he's a proper Hollywood player, writer, guy. Hollywood man. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's won a lot of gold and raspberries, but he has made good shit too. So he wrote the script for Basic Instinct, but he also this. wrote Showgirls, but to Verhoeven pictures, Verhoeven. So, so maybe you need you need a Verhoeven type to direct. A Joe Esterhaas script, yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. Um, and this director is no Verhoeven, as it turns out. Um, so he actually wrote this way earlier. I think it was the 80s with a director together. They co-wrote it. A director by the name of Richard Ma- Marquand. Why did it take two people to write this movie? Well, I think it's in the same way that we make a podcast together. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. So this guy, I'd never heard of him, but he directed Return of the Jedi and he directed some other bits and pieces they had worked together on three movies total. This one, a movie called Jagged Edge, which has Glenn Close and Jeff Bridges. I haven't seen that. Isn't that a R&B band? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Say. They wanted to get married just... at the altar in oh. your white dress, etc. Um, <laughs> and a movie called Hearts of Fire starring Bob Dylan and Rupert Everett. So he's an interesting fella, but he passed away by a stroke suddenly in 87 and so oh, this boo. movie just kind of disappeared. This script disappeared. What a tragedy. Yeah, until... Got into the hands of Jean-Claude Van Damme. So I feel like this script, this original script and the movie we saw is about as the same as Double Impact and the and the Corsican twins. Nah. It's loosely based on, but Classics. it ain't the same thing. Um Okay, so here's what's different though. Here's what's different in this. So they they originally wrote this script as more of a serious drama. Wow. But all those basic elements were there, escaped con, falls in love with a uh Arquette. A a widow. A widow, yep. Um, widow, and becomes a, a father country, figure. A country a, less widow. Yeah, becomes a father figure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that all happens. But the way Joe Esterhaus talks about it was You can that, just call him Joe. Yeah, let's call him Joe from now on. He said, the script was taken and destroyed many years later by Jean-Claude Van Damme. It lost all of its sensitivity. It lost everything. I don't like to remember that movie. Oh, scathing. Scathing. But you know what's funny too? Jean-Claude Van Damme tends to agree. He says, the script was not that good. Uh, The writer told me he was going to fix everything. But I was in his house. He shook my hand. He promised me, but he did not fix it. So there you go. So they the both old ag- fingy pointy. But they both agree it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever fucked it both doesn't matter. They're both trying One to wipe their hands clean. That's right. Yeah, so the thing got rewrote once Jean-Claude Van Damme was involved and kind of Fit to a certain formula, one would argue. He's obviously written in some high pants, and exactly. But it is there is like sensitivity. There's some almost can, some sort of romantic drama in this. You can see what they're going for. I think there's some things in there, and you're like, oh yeah, that was nearly it's something. There. It actually reminds me of a Nicholas Sparks. Interesting. <laughs> the formula, you so know, maybe headstrong widow, widow, oh. and like this man with checkered past comes in and. Oh. And checkered shirts. Checkered shirts. So it should have been Channing Tatum in this role. Exactly. And then you got yourself a oh, picture. Recasty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're getting ahead of oh, ourselves. Yeah. But then I like that. Um, well, speaking of pre-casties, uh, Mel Gibson was apparently the guy they had in mind when they wrote it. Um, Rosanna Arquette took the role basically for the money, she said. So, yeah, I took it because I needed a job. Fair enough. Um, oh, the director... As I mentioned, that guy passed away, so it wasn't him, but um, a guy named Robert Harmon ended up directing. He directed the horror movie The Hitcher 
and a bunch of other kind of yeah. D-grade looking stuff that yeah. didn't really speak to me. But yeah, to round out the cast, Rosanna Arquette, uh, Kieran Culkin, the one who's having a moment right now, Joss Ackland, yeah. the English guy. Diplomatic community. Oh, is that him? <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's actually English, not South African. Yeah. Although he did live there for some time. Oh. Because <laughs> he's too, like, I mean, he's, yeah, we'll probably talk more about him later. He was also in, yeah, was in Lethal Weapons. Yeah, that's, that's, the, from? Diplom- yeah, that's yeah, the diplomatic yeah. community. He's also in Mighty Ducks. <gasps> is he Jan's Hans Pfeffer and Eggs? Maybe. <laughs> what? He's been in over 130 movies. What was that? 130 movies. Yeah. Oh, it is Jan's Hans Pfeffer and Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Young Han. He's the old coach. He's Coach Bombay's coach. He taught him everything he knows. <laughs> He's in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey as well. He's in so many things, yeah. He I thought he was that. just some guy that does local theatre or something that got in this movie, but he's like in everything. He did apparently in um, like 2001 or something, he had an interview with the BBC and was like, yeah, one of the downsides of being a workaholic as an actor is you do a lot of shit. So that's what's happened to Nicolas Cage. He just works too damn much. Yeah, potentially, yeah. So he said, like, he's done heaps of movies, regrets. He didn't explicitly call out this one, but, yeah, you know, we can join the dots. Oh, there was a significant cast member here that I overlooked in our pre-chats from what I've Big gathered. Time. Who's Who else is in the cast here? Rubs the lotion on its skin. Yes. Buffalo Bill. What? Buffalo Bill from... Silence of the Silence Lambs. Silence of the Lambs, the actual killer in Silence of the Lambs that they're trying to track down. I'd fuck me. You know the guy? I'd fuck the shit no out of me. I have no idea what's <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> yeah, <same>. <laughs> So <laughs> next episode the wives will be on will be Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. <laughs> Ted Levine. He's the, he's the creepy like out of town hitman, not hitman, standover, the main standover man yeah. that has card tricks in this movie. I he's reckon he movie. was like. The card trick guy. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Silence of the Lambs. I was like, not. There was a card trick in this movie. The guy. The guy's like, this your card? Who laid, when he died, all the, oh, sorry, all the cards fell out of his pocket. That guy. (laughs) It was was definitely underdeveloped. I reckon he's coming, because I think Silence of the Lambs is 92. He's coming hot off the heels of that and he's like, hey, I've got an idea for my character. Card tricks. All right. Calling card. Fine. <laughs> okay, mate. Just get someone get this guy, pack your pocket cards. No, it's fine. I brought my own. <laughs> so he would have been a big ticket item maybe at that point. Yeah, and he's got he's obviously got presents. And I think you could just, imagine that nothing the, happened with him. The, in making this movie, again, Jean-Claude Van Damme sometimes I think he has the right idea and maybe with different people it would have been something else. Yeah, like Paul Verhoeven. He probably thought he was making something special here. Something yeah. Like the guy from this, I go, oh, man. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, they they got those people in front of the camera, bish bash bosh, rap party at the Viper Room, R.I.P. How about we play the trailer? Do it. Play the trailer. A fugitive with nowhere to run. How come you've got a gun? You a bad guy? A family with everything to lose. I'm not going to give up my home. To turn to. Sam! Who are you? You're not from around here, are you? When the enemy can destroy a town, 
They want your land. Why? We're going to need her parcel. It's right in the middle of the whole development. And the law is on their side. Stop right there. The only hope for justice. For everybody's sake, just get out of here. Is an outlaw. When push comes to shove, you're going to be dealing with me. I look forward to it. It's our duty to inform the authorities of Mr. Gillen's whereabouts. If I see me or the children, I'll kill you. Jean-Claude Van Damme, as you've never seen him before. Nowhere to run. Ah. Not well, a bad trailer. you got La Fontaine in there. You know you've made it when you've got the Don voiceovering your trailer. I think he left some gaps. Yeah, TV. there are some gaps there, um, significant gaps. Yeah, um, which I will address. Okay, address those gaps for us. Bolo Jung, Dolph Lundgren, Tong Po. Throughout his career, Jean Claude Van Damme has faced some of the toughest opponents on the planet. In nowhere to run, mm. he's about to face the toughest opponent yet. Property developers. <laughs> <laughs> a bad script. No. no, they're all arguably kind of bad scripts. <laughs> Rural property developers. Oh, After voice. breaking free from a convict transportation bus, Sam Gillon <laughs> sets up on camp on a farm somewhere in the countryside. He blends into his surroundings seamlessly by wearing a suit. Then kind of just imposes himself on a single mother and her two kids that live there. She's having some trouble with the local developers, so he beats them up and they go away. I think that's what happens. I can't remember the end of the movie. Yeah, it's lost, it lost me a few times. It's also a love story between Van Damme and a little boy. <laughs> and some salt, perhaps. And a raunchy magazine in a tent. He does just peruse in his suit. <laughs> he, was, he was so happy in that moment. Like him reading that magazine. Just reading. You like boobs sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> what was that magazine called? Oh, I wrote it down. Yeah. No, it was. Like it was called like Twizzler? upper something. Uh, like uh, heavy rack. Top or heavy. Something. Top heavy. Top heavy. Yeah. Ah. Uh, what? So inappropriate. Just, why and why he's does, wearing a full well, they suit? Were top heavy. Flicking through the magazine. <laughs> Imagine if the kid came in ten minutes later. Oh. <laughs> That would have been a much more awkward dinner conversation yeah. than him having a big penis. There's like no, there's like a bit how in this that little girl walked off, up, isn't it? Why so is the off. kid talking it's about so it? It's so weird. We'll, we'll get Why to that. Yes, we'll, we'll, get to, yeah. we'll get to all that. I would love so to So it's hear. a love story between Jean-Claude Van Damme and his magazine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Top heavy. Ara, what were your first thoughts in watching this movie? I probably asked about five times when it was going to end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like... But how much, how long is it though? <laughs> how, how long is, is it going to go scene? for? Yeah. Yes. No, honestly, it's I think I checked like five times. Yeah. It was a long movie. Well, it's an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It's kind of standard. Oh, is it? That's on the short side. It was a long movie for me. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> what were your initial thoughts? <laughs> My initial thoughts. Did you enjoy it? I. Or <sighs> well, what did you enjoy about it? It's probably. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. did you love about this film? I don't think I loved anything about this film yeah. at all. 
Oof. Nothing. Uh, nothing about this film. Nothing? I think I paused it three times to go do something else. Yeah, mm. same. And then Tristan was like, I think you should sit down and finish this movie. Yeah. But I would probably never have watched this if we weren't doing the podcast today. <laughs> I think because I knew we were going to do the podcast on it, I just found the hilarious moments really funny. Yeah. So I was looking out for that because I knew there would be so many so we I think I enjoyed, one, yeah, I think I enjoyed the experience of watching it because we were just picking out the really stupid, funny bits. Of which there were many. There were many. Yeah, there's plenty. It's pretty much from the get-go. You're like, okay, it's a bit weird. He's just wandered out of that <laughs> crash bus. bus and just got in this car and then his mate's been shot and killed and he's just – there hasn't been any other cops coming. I think my understanding of law enforcement is – <laughs> that scenario would result in helicopters and search dogs and lots more policemen. And my understanding of prison breaks is you need a better plan than that. Like you can't just swerve in front of a prison bus and expect it to crash. Crash. Yeah, they'd probably plow right through you. Yeah, that's not a thing. It's and not a thing. It's like, oh, my arm. Oh, my leg. Well, which is it, buddy? Your arm or your leg? Like they didn't even have a specific plan in terms of which arm, which, no. which, which, which thing are you pretending why did the to cop break? Put his gun away. Yeah. To go and help a prisoner. Well, hey, that cop, who yeah. died, like, well, not died, but that cop at the beginning who was driving the bus, he's the cook from Universal Soldier. Really? That goes. So I think there's a posse here. Yeah. It's one of his guys. There's, when you look up the cast of this movie, there's a long list. Usually they don't show on Google. They usually they show like 10 people that are the main characters in this. There's a long list. So I, I assumed were they like all fighters or something or like. So he was a chef, so I guess he wasn't a fighter. But Gene LaBelle's in this. Gene LaBelle? Gene LaBelle's in it. He's the tractor the the tractor driver, I believe. The tractor driver. I think when you know when they're all sitting on that tractor and they're like, Yeah, I'll take him. Vaguely. Yeah. Well it was him. Damn. And there were lots of that. other people that looked like fighters when you looked up the cast. I was like, they must be just fighters that I've never heard of. But um I love that you know who Gene LaBelle is now. Though. I do, That's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. The godfather of judo. And the guy that made. Um, so you've learned about the fourth wall and Tristan's learned about the Jean LaBelle. Exactly. The Jean LaBelle. <laughs> the the Jean LaBelle. <laughs> he made Jean Steven Seagal shit his pants. Yeah. Arguably you haven't really learned about the fourth wall yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carol's bringing the snap. Um, and I, you're right. <laughs> I know of it. <laughs> I know it's a thing but that gets broken. <laughs> um, were they all your initial thoughts? Oh, did I have initial thoughts? I don't know. I don't I think really we've talked about my initial okay, thoughts. Okay, sorry. Well, let me ask uh, again if I haven't already. It was okay, thanks. Yeah. I didn't mind it as much as, as these people. Um, as <laughs> these people. As in your, your wives and colleagues. <laughs> Yes. And wives? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Look, I thought there was some merit to this, you know. It was uh, it was Van Damme entering a new space where he didn't need to do the splits and kick and jump kick Well, here's your problem. Face. That's the first problem. You know, Van Damme's an actor. Don't forget yeah. that. Don't forget that. And this movie was him. He's a sensitive having soul. A go. He's so sensitive. He was trying. There was something. There's nearly something here. I've there's got a repeat for this there's coming. A, there's, a, there's an egg. There's a neg. Yeah. Or a nugget or any small thing that shaped. I actually think I thought it was almost him trying to do a Stallone picture. Oh, 
Stallone. You could kind of see this as a Stallone thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. I just pictured it. Guy down on his luck. Um, but there were some elements I liked. What which which I think both of the carnies here alluded to. There were some ingredients there that were interesting. I, I'm down with the weird loner vibe. I'm down with that. Yep. Like uh-huh. rising up against an oppressor. Oh yeah. Bonding with some local kids. All that stuff is good. Classic. The classic. sniper shot in the beginning in the getaway car was the highlight of the whole movie. That's funny because Carol played with the remote and skipped that part. Oh, that's <laughs> the best part. Oh, what like, was the guy bleeding? <laughs> the guy. I was like, and then, and been shot. He wanted to go back and rewatch it. I was like, we don't have to. Someone shot him. <laughs> that going. is amazing that you said that's the best, the best part, of the part of the movie. She wouldn't let me go back to watch it. Like, there's like, video games now that bleeding. do that. There's a video game called Sniper Elite where you're a sniper and it does the first person of shot of the bullet going through. So oh. I thought that was quite progressive and interesting for the time. Oh, look, who doesn't love a sniper shot? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, that's, that was a lean forward moment where I'm like, okay, this movie's interesting. Let's go and play. Because also at this point, you didn't. I was like, is he a bad guy? Because this is his breakout. Like he's breaking out of the prison. It wasn't. It's not like a um, someone else was breaking out. And he just escaped. It's not like a Con Air situation. Like he orchestrated this. Yeah, but he made it There's very no clear There's very no quickly box. though that he wasn't meant to be in jail in the first place. That's true. Oh, they They've do. Established they lay that on about the, yeah, good yeah. Guy. It should have been me, they not you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They do do that, and then they repeated that. They a few times. Billy on that, was very you? sorry. Like, yeah, we get it. He's a good guy. Yeah. Mm. Been been hard done by. Yeah. And I did watch this movie three times. And the first time I just kept zoning out. So I, I watched it the second time out of obligation to this podcast. And then the third time was more in the background as, as Ara was watching it. But one thing that took me to the second rewatch to understand was why was he even creeping on that house in the first place? And it was for the salt. I think it was for salt. It was for salt. Because he bought steaks. Which makes no sense because he's down at the local store buying You could have bought salt. But yeah. don't you forget. But wouldn't you just go suck it up and eat my yeah. steak like, without salt? salt? I've done that. It looked like a pretty good cut of meat. He cooked it over the charcoals on an open fire. It's, it's going to be tasty. Steak. Of course you want salt. But are you going to break? If you're a wanted felon, are you going to break in? I.e., you want to be... Keeping a low profile, exactly. You're not going to go stealing salt, and it's a it's a in slippery a suit. in a suit. It's a it's a slippery slope from from going there for salt and leaving with mustard. assaulting. Oh, because wow. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I couldn't quite work out the the pun there, but I nearly got it. He he, he basically went there and committed assault because <laughs> um, he's in there perving on poor Rosanna Arquette know, who's just having a shower. That is that yeah, is yeah, a hard day. No, it's a it's fucking itself. creepy, man. So yeah, I mean, creepy. it is, but you, I mean, he's just like, fresh out of prison. Yeah. I get it. And they weren't. She was still awake. She was in the shower. Yeah, and he's like, and he breaks into the house. He's rolling and, the dice big time, man. This guy, and he walks into the same bloody lampshade about eight times. It makes sense why he was in jail. Yeah, yeah, because he's a bad criminal. He's not a great criminal. <laughs> World's dumbest criminals. Yeah, he's up there, Al Sam. Oh, man. Okay, before we get into some of the bigger pieces, how about we just evaluate this against our patented JCBD oh, yes. test? Which is a fun – It's a, this is a fun one. I'm looking forward to it this. It is a fun one. And I think what we're learning is this JCVD test we wrote, which is a universal plot synopsis for any Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, applies more to early Van Damme. I think in this era we're finding it's not a – Exactly a direct hit. But hey, let's, I'll read it out and let's workshop it. Let's see how we go. So, it's pretty good. JCVD plays an American, air quotes, who wears high waisted pleated pants in a foreign land. 
on a quest to seek revenge for a fallen loved one at the hands of morally corrupt social stereotypes. But he's about to find out that training to fight his enemies means facing the enemies within and slowly doing the splits. He also gets his buns out. So, you know, Kickboxer, Bloodsport, um, Lionheart, ding, 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 they all follow that beautifully. Universal Soldier we found was a bit of a departure. How does this one go exactly? Should we take it from the top? Let's, let's break it down. Let's break it down. So first, him being American, how do they explain his accent? This is one of the first things we like to check. Would you like to tackle that one, Greg? His accent, how do they explain it? Uh, he leans on a co-star yeah. in Miss Arquette who thinks quickly on her feet to say he's from Quebec. Yeah. But then I think he actually is from Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> because then, in the, yeah, when you read the plot film, he's from Quebec. Yeah. So she just had a stab in the dark and go, he's got a French accent. Yeah. Quebec's the closest place. He's to- obviously North American. He's got to be because he's <laughs> in North America. So he still counts as American. Ding, ding, ding. That works. Um, buns. Does he get his buns out? Yes. Yes. Quite early. <laughs> very oh, inappropriately. Very inappropriately. I yeah. did not enjoy that. That, it was kids' presence. So, when it was the boy, it was one thing. And then when the, the he's walking girl. out, the girl arrives. It's a weird juxtaposition uh, of having his, you know, sexy moment on screen with two children. <laughs> um, Jean-Claude Van Damme was actually not on Arsenio promoting this movie, unfortunately, but he was on Jonathan Ross. Jonathan Ross. Jonathan Ross. And he's not afraid to ask the big question. So he does ask about the butt and was a stunt butt involved. Uh, it was my uh, bud. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the story wants to, I mean, in the story, uh, Sam, the character, wants to show uh, he was taking a, a bath in a pond and uh, it happened, the kids show up and uh, they saw his butt. They saw more than his butt, of course, which we'll get on to in a minute. But um, yeah. just out of interest, just for any people who might be watching, any exercises you can recommend for firming, toning, lifting, subweighting? Sure. <laughs> What you should do is to uh, do a lots of running, if not uh, bicycle, if not uh, maybe some uh, ballet or karate. All the good stuff. Yeah. Now you, you just said that the, the children saw you. Or uh, something else. There's a, uh-huh. uh, the children saw you bathing and right. there's a scene which, you know, it took me by surprise. Uh, the children are sitting and you're there at the breakfast table, Rosanna Arquette who plays the woman that you get involved with there, they're her children, and they start talking about your physical endowment mm-hmm. very specifically and the children say, He's enormous. Keep going. And then the mother says, he's average. Average for a um, basketball team. (laughs) (laughs) They cut that line when I saw it. And uh, (laughs) no, it's like, you know, kids, they talk about uh, pennies, like they talk about um, apple or oranges or uh, banana. It's all just, to a child, it's just the beauty of nature. Exactly. It's pure. I wasn't going to let it play out that long, but I just remembered they talked about that. It's pretty fascinating. We'll get more into that scene shortly. But, you know, no stunt butt involved. Of course not. Of course what a not. strange question. This I mean, I would want JCVD to be my stunt butt. Do you remember when his butt was like a cultural icon? Was it? Yeah. It should be. Was? Well, yeah, what do you mean? Why isn't it now? It is. is. I don't know. <laughs> I just... I don't know, is it? I think it is. I just remember there used to be, you'd hear the people talking about apparently Van, Van Damme clenches his butt in the shower for five minutes a day. He does kegels. He clenches his butt. Kegels. Kegels? kegels. Is that the same thing? What's a kegel? 
Do that with no. your vagina. <laughs> 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 your, uh, Luckily we have vagina the muscles. That's it's especially important after childbirth. Yes. And for ping pong. And for what? Like the ping pong shows. Are they? That would be the Kegels though, be Kegels. to be honest. That would be the Kegels. So there's buns in this movie. We're doing all right so far, but there's no splits. Doesn't pass the splits test. Yeah. High-waisted pleated pants. That happens. They're not pleated, but I love that uh, she brings in the jeans. And they're high-waisted. And, and they're very high-waisted and it's almost a look I in her eye those. like, I got you're going to like these jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Pull them up to your nips. <laughs> they're so high-waisted. They're so high. <laughs> so high. That's the other thing I was thinking. Maybe at this point we're into the denim phase for Jean-Claude rather than pleats. Potentially, yeah. yeah. He's changed fabrics on it. He's changed fabrics, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The suit had pleats. The suit had pleats, it did. Yeah. Now finally, the, the final element of the JCVD test, mysterious foreign lands slash racial stereotypes. Now, he's not in Thailand and he's not fighting someone in yellow face, but the bad guy is a very stereotypical Englishman. I'm, in watching this, we were like, yes, the, the formula applies. I think so, yeah. I think it's mostly there. Just There's no splits, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's a bit of a letdown. There's, there's multiple opportunities for him to, you know, do the splits. Yeah, yeah. And there are, there's, there's other good bits. There's things I like about this movie. I don't want to shit all over this movie. There are things I like about it. I like the, I like the loner. I like... I like the minimal dialogue. I quite like minimal dialogue ah, in the beginning. Yes. It's like requires kind of a, restraint. Who is this guy? Sometimes less is more. Yeah, mm. they say the card trick guy. I thought that was setting something up that never pays off. Yeah, I did true. have some questions though, Greg and wives. Is he a lawyer? I think he's actually a lawyer. I think so. Yeah. Wait, Wait Sam is a lawyer. Missed that because it came up as a cover story first, but then I think he actually is a lawyer because he comes back in later. Uh, this thing will be in in court for weeks, and I don't know. He comes up with he, some. He quotes. He quotes some torts. Yeah, yeah. Legal but jargon. He was a bank robber. He, well, that's what he went to jail for. But I don't know if we're defining him by his crimes, Carol. Mm, yeah. <laughs> are we going to define <laughs> you by we, your are transgressions? Defined, are we defining him by his occupation? Old Carol Champagne sure exploiter over there. Yeah. <laughs> Carol. If we're going to define people by their the, by their weakest moments, well. There's a bottle of uh, Prosecco that's not coming back. Yeah. Um, I know that out. because I cleaned it. <laughs> I helped. You supervise. You, you, you Carol put a bottle group. of champagne in the freezer on this podcast, treat of ours. We heard a, a suspicious noise last night and thought it must have been a ghost. Poltergeist. But it was a fridge. Ghost of former bottle of champagne. It was such a waste. It was. Hey, what about the. Um, what about this scene that's on the telly at the moment? He's just done like I can just see Van Dam briefing this in. And like, Guys, I think I do a scene on the motorcycle. It's like the jump. It's just oh the jump, yeah. But the scene is going to be like the Great Escape, like Stephen McQueen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because it's Triumph bike. Yeah, oh, which is what Steve McQueen drives in. And the sunglasses were very specific. I feel maybe that was a throwback. I think too. I feel like it's his nod. Yeah. There's layers here. There's layers is what you're saying. La- oh, it's so complex. <laughs> you... where, where, where was that scene though? It came up from nowhere. Yeah, yeah. It was super And then random. the law enforcement guys like… On horses. Are they like local law enforcement? <laughs> like what is this? <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit weird. It was... <laughs> it was very Indiana Jones. That part, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what you said when it came out. Leather jacket. Sunglasses. It probably was. It was the style at the time. Also, was anyone clear on what crime he actually committed? Was it a bank robbery? I heard you yeah. say that, but I, I tend to miss things like this. But yeah. Carol's saying yes. And the Bank cop died by accident or something. A, someone was going to shoot him and his mate shot the guy instead. Yeah. The security guy or something. So that's why he was like, it should have been me in there. You, I owe you big Correct. time. And then he got <clears> done. Well, maybe maybe also I have more questions. So maybe, Carol, maybe you got this one too. Is Pink Flamingo's code for something? Pink Flamingo's. Rounded up 12 of the 18 prisoners in yesterday's prison bus escape. Authorities said that the six prisoners, still unaccounted for, are to be considered possibly armed and dangerous. The bus was. Do you ever see any pink flamingos? Transporting prisoners to the Alberta Correction no, sir. Facility. Never have. That all Never will. Would soon be in sure. So it's like they're talking in code there, but it's not a code I've ever heard. Is it just understood that he's I the bad he, guy? I think he's, yeah. It's not, I, I but why think, pink flamingo? Well, because it's obscure, and he could have said, he could have said polar bears. He could I have, guess so. Yeah. His point is, stop fucking asking me questions. Yeah. I'm dangerous, and Quebecian. Uh, again, I feel like there's not a bad intention there, but maybe execution, maybe a little bit off. Yeah, now, it's, it's no toss a, toss a coin, country for old men. Yeah, exactly. Uh, gas in. He's yeah. no Anton Chigurh. That's that's for damn sure. No disrespect to the great JC. <laughs> um, we, hey, we've touched on this, but we haven't actually addressed it to its full extent, which I think we need to do, is the scene at the dining table where um, Jean-Claude Van Damme's penis comes up as a conversation topic amongst the family. Yeah. I'll play, I'll play a clip just to children. get you in the zone. He's got a big penis. Bree! He does. He was in the pond washing. He's got an average penis. How do you know? Because I saw it. Already? I don't want to hear any more about penises. Already? <laughs> what is she this asshole? She's shaving her mum. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> what? What's that? She was slut shaming her mum. Like, already? Because you, you said you've seen, seen it already. Already? Oh. <laughs> She's three years old. <laughs> Look, fast, having mom. having kids, little kids. There is a lot of penis talk sometimes right. because you know kids they're so innocent about. They this talk stuff. it like about a carrot or a. What does he say? In the other <laughs> banana. A banana. It's but just it's pure. pure. It's pure. It's pure. But once it starts veering into inappropriate, you shut it tenor, down. You shut it down. You don't yes and that shit. <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> I felt really bad also for along those lines. I felt really bad for her boyfriend, even though he was a jerk. Oh, no. But imagine you come home oh, and no. like a Jean Jean Claude Van Damme type object is showering in, in your shower, uh, and it's like I'm no longer the alpha here, am I? <laughs> And got a gun, does that help? And like, then later on she's just making out with him and he's like, I think oh. it's at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, him and he's like, to him. <sighs> yeah. It's like so harsh. Because there's, there's things in there that I th- it's like they put it in because it's a Van Damme movie, but they probably shouldn't hook up. Like the cop is a bit of a, he is a jerk, but he's ultimately comes good, right? He's not a, yeah, he's not he, a, he's not a, he's a jerk, but not a bad guy. He's not an evil guy. Yeah. So he, this poor guy, man. You can't compete with Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> no. 
Maybe he should have been at the dinner table for that scene just to increase some tension. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? Because that's my whole thing. This movie needed more tension. Should yeah. I get into my repitch? I've got to repitch oh, this go movie. Oh, go for the yeah. repitch. i got to repitch. With the goal of heightening some tension. So what if, what if our protagonist, Sam Gillen, Gillen. Gillen, was actually a bad dude? Oh, yeah. Because I thought maybe he was in the beginning. Uh-huh. So, oh, is he a bad guy? This is an interesting point of events. So what if he didn't go to jail for accidentally killing a security guard or whatever? He went to jail for raping and killing a whole town. Yeah, like something bad. Evil Mado, cold-blooded Mado. So he went to prison because he's a bad dude. Yeah. He still can escape prison in the way in which we saw, but maybe it's a bit uglier, more maybe, casualties. Maybe regicide. Maybe regicide, potentially. This guy is ruthless is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Imagine if he was a bad dude. So he escapes. Similar plot points happen. He escapes, partner dies, but he seeks refuge once he's alone, seeks refuge. And instead of a random farmhouse he happens upon, yeah, he heads to the one place he knows, a place from a previous life, his old ranch, upon which his ex-wife still lives. So we have a similar scene where he goes in to inspect the property and upon, you know, peeping, tomming through the window, uh-huh. he notices some things. He notices a salt shaker, which is, which is handy. He needs some salt. But he also notices she's remarried. She's got kids. She's moved on. Oh, they're not his kids. They're not his kids. This is the new cop husband's kids. This is something I could never offer her. Because he has, he's shooting blanks. Yeah. So he's like... <laughs> From the steroid. Yeah. So there's like, there's history there. He's like... Oh, she's, she's got everything she ever wanted. Who yeah. am I to interfere? But at the same time, this could be my life. What am I doing here? No! No! Yeah, exactly. So he sets up camp on uh-huh. the land, but a bit far away from the house. He's sort think, of, is he going to think things through? He's got to think things through yeah, a little yeah. bit. He's got and to maybe read some. He's got to learn how to build a fire. He's got to read um, Heavy Load. Top Heavy. Top Heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's Babe, a different that's magazine. To... <laughs> for the, maybe for the ladies. That comes after. Where was I in the in the repeat? Sorry. So he's going for. A, he's back. He's tent. He's, he's pitching a tent. <laughs> <laughs> he's pitching a tent, so to speak. He's 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 laying relatively low. He's got his salt. He's had a bit of a perv on his ex-wife, and it's all a bit creepy. But at least they used to be married. But he's like, I need to lay low. I can't just barge in there. This is her life. But you know what? I'm a bit of a bad guy. So he gives a fuck. But he sets up camp. Similar things happen. Kids discover him. Kids bond with him. And that tension we mentioned before with the boyfriend goes up to 11 because, <gasps> because they, are, they are his kids, but they like this guy more. Yeah, and then it turns out that she artificially inseminated herself with his semen back in the day, so they were his kids all along. Maybe. <laughs> no, Greg, that's different. That's completely different. Yeah, yeah that's, that's an idea. <laughs> Sorry. Keep no, that, that's not bad. So he strikes up quite a relationship with his kids. And the hard part of this is the dad's not dead. The dad is there. And he would kill for this kind of relationship with his own kids. So there's this weird dynamic now of who's the alpha because What's I should have he said. Doing? Is he just chilling? Well, he's around, but he was, he was out that one night when the first got attacked. So Jean-Claude Van Damme saves the day. Wow. He's now a hero of the family. And it's like, yeah, where were you, dad? We needed you. But instead we got... Well, he was out being a hero. We got our mate from Quebec. Americans. And have his, he's got a big penis, so I don't know yeah. what your deal is. So there's a bit of tension there. Tension ensues. And the tension is heightened by the fact that this is convicted. They've, they've learned this is convicted, convicted murderer. Convicted rapist. Murder. 
Maybe. <laughs> he's a bad guy, though. So this is where there's tension. He's like, he's helping these kids. He's saved them, but he's killed people in the past. What makes you a good guy or a bad guy? The kids look up to him, but they have their own dad. And why can't he be the hero? Yada, yada, yada. A lot of the existing plot yeah. happens. So, like, you know, the, all that the stuff. The, 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 and I'll say the cop is the one that says, all right, you can sleep in the barn, but you have to move on soon. Like, I appreciate you saved my family, but come on, bro. Yeah, I know that. Like, I can see that conversation. Yeah, don't. please just don't let this get to a point where you bang my wife. It's like, okay. Who so are you he, thinking? Oh, sorry. I'm getting ahead. <laughs> so Keep he going. sleeps in the barn with the blessing of, of, um, of Rosanna's boyfriend. Yes. Of Side note. Why is the barn better than a tent? I would hate to sleep in a barn. Really? So well, you would rather sleep in a tent than a, a barn? That a smelly old barn. Yes. Yeah, it like, would be smelly. 100%. Why is that an upgrade? Well, I mean, you didn't have – I took you camping in our early courting days. That didn't go so well, did it? Yeah, but you Could also – Could have been worse if you went barning. Yeah, correct. Could have been worse <laughs> if you made me sleep in We're a barn. We're going barning, baby. <laughs> it's rusty. <laughs> People would pay hundreds People do that now. Airbnbs, now. there's Airbnb yeah. barns and shit. He looked pretty comfy. He had like a lovely natural light coming in there. Yeah, it was it nice. Was closer to the house. Wait, let me finish my repitch. Oh, yeah. I'll round it out. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's all right. This is all, this all adds con- texture because you're right. He's in the barn and it's nice, nice little light coming through. Mm, isn't that nice? But he can't help but start to formulate a plan of like, this is everything I ever wanted. My ex-wife is just there. There's kids. The kids love me. I just need this guy out of the picture. Mm. What if? What maybe I could orchestrate things so that I'm the hero. He, he fucks does. off, and I claim what is rightfully mine. The family I always wanted. I'm a bad guy. Yada yada yada. But push comes to shove, and we get to the climax of the movie, and there's a split second decision. He sees that that look on on Kieran Culkin's face. He has the opportunity to take the dad out of the picture, but instead he sacrifices himself and lets the dad be the hero. And it's a sad end. It's a bit of a Gran Torino type of end where he's like the bad guy ends up actually sacrificing himself to save yada, yada, yada. Ah, and he pretends to pull a gun out. and so they Something like that. Yeah, but it was a playing card. It, oh! was, a two of, it was a two of spades. No, clubs. Yeah, one of them. Uh... See, make the card trick play out better. Anyway, that's essentially the repitch. I think it's more make him worse, increase the tension there, make him die to save that guy. And he can still be a jerk. That cop can still be a jerk, but he's not a bad guy. He's just a jerk. There's a difference. Oh, wait, a couple of points I got on here. This would be old man Van Damme in this role, in this repitch. So it's more now. Everyone's older. Sam Rockwell is the husband. Connie Connie Britton is the wife. Connie, Connie who? Connie Britton is the wife. I don't know her. Don't you know, know if you see she her. She is. One of the kids from Stranger Things would be the kid, obviously. Um, <laughs> but the soundtrack, here's the sweetener. The soundtrack, so the Motown song, Nowhere to Run, it would be that song, Nowhere to Run, but covered by Willie Nielsen or Johnny Cash. Ah, like, uh, Willie Nowhere Nielsen. Nowhere to Run, ding, ding, you know. Johnny Cash. He's, he died. He died. Did Willie Nielsen die? No, he's around. Yeah. I think. Anyway, so I'm, I'm leveraging that trend of like getting the country star to cover a popular tune and it takes on it's a bold new meaning. Yeah. Mm. It's emotive. Gritty. Anyway, don't go gritty. <laughs> I give it the green light. Go forth and make it with Carol Coe. Yeah, Carol yeah. Coe. Carol Coe sitting right here. That was my long-winded repitch, but I want to I hear more from Ara and Carol. What else, what else we got? Is there any other things you want to highlight from this viewing experience? I thought that 
that end scene when they come in yeah. and they like try to take the kids yeah. and like slap her around a bit. That was so intense. Yeah. They were These really property rough. developers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a bit much, isn't it? <laughs> Basically at the main guy as well. Yeah. Coming in, you delegate that shit. <laughs> yeah, why is he? Yeah. He wanted to see it. He's getting a little bit close. You know, yeah, you'd just go, Can I can I get you who I pay money to be this bad guy? Go totally. be a bad guy. I'll stay here because I've got diplomatic immunity. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently he, um, so Josh Ackland, apparently he's a bit of a bit of a bit of a lad. He's a pretty funny guy, apparently. Right. And he's been known like for a, in a lot of sick circumstances in real life, calling out diplomatic immunity. Really? Like, like so what, basically pulled, what we would do if we ever had that line in a movie. Correct. Wow. So he fully like rolls it out. Like He a, may have just shot himself up to MVP. <laughs> <laughs> well, the lighting on his face when he's delivering at the town square. Yeah. I think gave it to him. It was very. <laughs> hey, um, just a side thought. I feel like these bad guys should have chatted to Harry and Marv and they wouldn't have had this uh, problem. They would have learnt. You the don't wet mess with a Culkin kid in their own house. Yeah. So true. So Big horse's ass. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's just rookie era. I thought Kieran, you know, he's the younger of the Culkins. He's he, the cool one now though, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's, he's the indie it. darling. Yeah. If you watch six, you haven't watched Succession. I haven't watched Succession. But he, um, Is he in that? Yeah, he's yeah, good he in that. Plays oh, so right. Kieran Culkin, okay. Fuller, easy on the Pepsi. That guy, father of the bride, Scott Pilgrim first the world. Igby goes down. Uh, he did theatre. What was that big hipstery yeah, Brooklyn one? Uh, he did it with Michael Sarah. Yeah, right. They're like a thing. But then obviously Succession now. Did he win a Golden Globe for that? It was, was nominated at least. Did, um, he have, did he have a fall from grace moment like his brother did? No, he's on the up and up. Yeah, he's And I would an argue that uh, McCauley has not had a, had a fall from grace. He well, just he stepped out of the spotlight. True. But didn't he have like a drug thing? I don't think and then so. He, came good? he may have. Look, he, d- he looked a little had unwell. some substance. He challenges. looked a little gaunt, but you know, not everyone has a luscious tan. No, okay, some of us are pale. He's in the new season of. Um, <laughs> I thought that was his thing. American Horror Story. Who? Macaulay. Oh, yes, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, he he's like I took the role because they had a sex scene with Kathy Bates. <laughs> so he Greg, feels like a, you so laugh. If it was Sally Field, you'd be <laughs> all over that shit. Yeah, but do you know who Kathy Bates is? She's, she's no Sally Field. Uh, but they're both very old women, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not. He's he's in the same boat as diplomatic community, where he's he's having the lols that we would have in his situation. I do have a clip. Of Kieran Culkin having sex with Kathy Bates, <laughs> yes. Um, on set, being interviewed, explaining what the movie's about, and then Jean Claude Van Damme comes in and for a little, "Hey, Tiger, how are you doing?" Um, this guy's a rascal. <laughs> yeah, it's basically that. So it's about Sam. That's Jean Claude. Falls in love with his family who lives on a ranch. These bad guys try to take the ranch, and then what happens? Kieran, don't tell the end of the movie. <laughs> I'll see the premiere. It's all very strange. <laughs> Can I, I, I did say at the beginning of the show that I didn't really like the watch. But you've but, changed your mind. No, I haven't changed my mind. Oh. But <laughs> I liked the beginning of the movie, perhaps the first 10 minutes. Oh, really? I liked the way the that the little boy, uh, yes, that yeah. no one spoke. 
Yeah. And I like the way that Sam was introduced to the family. It felt very sci-fi to me. Oh, like E.T.? Yes. Like he was he an brought alien. up E.T., it was an alien, yeah. there was all this weird stuff happening in the house. Oh, and I thought, yeah. what an amazing movie. What a great angle. And then it just My kind stepdad's of an alien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it kind of just like and ended that there. Just, that that, was, that it. was it. So your repitch is? He's an alien? He's an alien. Or the quirky a guy that lives. Uh, the quirky <laughs> guy that lives in the forest. Um, yes. Oh, this repitch is much better than mine. I like it. I'm no, a sexy alien from else. another <laughs> place with a quirk buns. <laughs> Yes, no. three buns. Three, three buns. buns. Yes, three <laughs> buns. <laughs> Rosanna Arcus like, you made me wish I had three hands. <laughs> She's got two kids to feed. Yeah, yeah there you go. It yeah. works out. <laughs> <laughs> the cop comes home with ice cream for the family and he walks in on that. Oh. <laughs> hey, kids, like, oh. Mm, right over here. <laughs> um, we were talking earlier today about um, strong gene pools. So it turns out, Greg, the carny gene is strong. It's a powerful gene. It's a powerful gene. I would argue that the Arquette gene is weak. None of the Arquettes look like siblings. Oh, so we've got yeah, Rosanna Arquette, Arquette in this movie. You've got David Arquette. You've got Patricia Arquette. You've got the other Arquette. <laughs> Who's the other Arquette? <laughs> she passed away. Oh. Yeah. She was, um, she was trans. She used oh, to be a yeah. guy oh, that was right. in yeah, fiction. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, right. But none of them look anything alike. So in a world where we have Baldwin's, Hemsworth's, Culkins. Oh, the Culkins, yeah. They got a vibe. And I was thinking, I was trying to rank like gene pools in Hollywood. Like who's got the strongest unmistakably sibling? Oh, the Baldwins the for Baldwins. sure. Uh, I put it to you, the Gyllenhaals. Oh. That's strong genes right there. Gyllenhaals. Oh, yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, yeah. But there's only <laughs> there's two a, of them. There's only see. two of them. But the Baldwins. So the Baldwins, there's so many and they all. And they look. all. And a bit like multiplicity, they get like a bit wonkier as yeah. you go. <laughs> You start off. You start oh off with. God. You start off with a blueprint, and then they make a copy of a copy, and it's not quite as sharp. I feel like the Arquettes do have like a, a vibe. They've got an energy. I think I'm a big fan of David Arquette. Yeah, standalone. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. But together, you. And then, but up. oh, I love that they've also taken on Hollywood, like very different personas, and because Patricia Arquette is probably the most recognized critically. Perhaps. What's she in? True Romance. Um, yeah. Boyhood, like she's she's in more of like the films. Yeah, she's in films. I don't know. Like Rosanna Arquette's sort of the Billy Baldwin to me in this scenario, or the Stephen Baldwin. Well, she's obviously Pulp Fiction. One with all the shit in her face. Yes. Well, that's it's, there's two Arquettes in Pulp Fiction because the guy that shoots and misses is pre-trans, the one that passed away. Oh, what? the one that looks like Jerry Seinfeld a bit. You probably told me this in the yeah. No, episode. I didn't. I only know that recently. It's like yeah. we should have put that in there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, are we all aligned here that the Arquettes do not look like siblings? Yeah, weaker than the Baldwins. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. We've decided. Yeah, we've decided. All right, let's get into the verdict then. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't, you can't handle, handle the truth. truth. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Say one again. Say one again. I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. I mean, I think we've probably landed at this point, but for me, I was like, 
yeah, this is this is not in the my head canon of JCVD must watches. Like this, this is not a rewatch in in my opinion. In my opinion, it's not a rewatch. Like if 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 I'm if I'm trying to convince someone on the powers of Jean Claude Van Damme, this is not going to be at the top of the list of you gotta watch Nowhere to Run. It's you gotta watch Bloodsport. You gotta watch Lionheart. In my opinion, you gotta watch Universal Soldier. You don't gotta watch this. You, you, you don't gotta watch Cyborg. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, this isn't the one for me. I, don't I know how mean, you guys feel. You wouldn't give it a first watch, much less a rewatch. Oh, there it is. Burn. There's that there's that Carol Carney fire I've been hearing about. <laughs> <laughs> burn. What's uh, the, what about you guys? A rewatch? Is it a rewatch or a best left in the past? It's definitely best left in the past for me. Really? Mm. I did enjoy the viewing experience with you, Gregory. We did have a yeah, good time. I, it was, was a real nice. lull. Is that yeah, more in the I'm context of pre- preparing, preparing for the podcast mm. and a, a, perhaps a bonding moment? Mm. So is this the movie that brings couples together perhaps? Yeah, it's yeah, saved it's our a podcast. <laughs> that, it's the podcast that brings couples together. <laughs> There's a headline. <laughs> or alternatively, put me in hot water. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> that was, I did it for the lulls, babe. I did it for the lulls. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it's hard to give this a rewatch. Yeah, <laughs> I want to. I mean, if it's on and your TV's broken <laughs> and you can't change, should you leave the room? Yeah, but <laughs> should you just close no your legs. eyes and have a nap? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that- but I'm pretty sure that's how the only times I have watched it, like growing up, just it being on TV and it in, used to get a few runs. It was on TV. Bit, yeah, because it's not yeah. as violent, really. It's just, yeah, good point. It's less of a well. It's not as niche. You're not going to see Bloodsport on Channel Nine on a Saturday. Yeah, I'm you'd not see this only in a perfect world. I mean, ideally, yeah. But what about some of the other uh, cultural relevancy? Simpsons tests? test. Simpsons test. I believe that's a no. Not as far as I know. Porn parody, not so much. But my my one memory from this movie was the topless scene. So in some oh, sense, I didn't say that. Yeah, that yeah, was pretty it, much all I remembered from this movie was yeah. Naked Rosanna Arquette. Yeah. Oh, do you know what I forgot to mention? Oh, what? Van Damme has hairy chest in this sex scene. Agree. So is this whole time? I've never seen a hair on his goddamn body. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a dolphin. (laughs) (laughs) I thought there was no hair. Yeah, now he's like a dolphin that's been rolled along the carpet. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he had a little more brown sugar on there. Like added that on? Like a a hairpiece? What, what's a, a, a merkin? merkin. A merkin. Just merkin. Merkin. Maybe it was to like give out that Western vibe. That because this you know that yeah, masculine American farm. country. Well, that's the other Man, thing too. Vibe. See, this is you're, you're raising really very good points because that's the other thing I was thinking when I was trying to get my head around a repitch. I'm like, this should be in my head. I was like, this should be like a cross between Roadhouse and First Blood. Yeah. Like I thought across across between Roadhouse and Con Air. It could have been, yeah, 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 but it, I, it didn't quite deliver on. I thought Roadhouse and the Notebook. So we all agreed on Roadhouse. <laughs> and Roadhouse and the, but you know what? That's actually a good idea. I would enjoy that. They yeah. do need. I really feel that if she wanted to make a bit of extra money, the 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 mum should call the people from Roadhouse and see who did their barn fit out and get them over, <laughs> spend a bit of money. She'd be killing it right now. She'd Hipsters wanting to experience, you know, the countryside barn life. Airbnb bonds. Like just, yeah, that like shit. it's just, you know, think. But Carol touched on a good point too because I think 
I think what I've learned in, in the process of doing this podcast and going through chronologically with Van Damme, that in the in the lap pack crew, he's the sensitive one. So if anyone's going to pull off, an, you're not going to have Arnold in a Nicholas Sparks, you know. That's so true. Just he tell me what you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. But it, it, Van Damme. Is that a no! quote from I think it's in the notebook, right? Tell me what you want. <laughs> it's did, just you, did you just randomly quote the notebook? Yeah, because it's a meme. Is it? It's like when you're trying to get your wife to choose what to order on Uber. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just tell me what you want. <laughs> I've never seen that. Before. That happens in our household yeah. daily. Just yeah. tell me yeah. what you want. Save. So Arnold's not going to do that, but Van Damme could. No, like it's there. No. It's, that's his. Yeah. He could his definitely face do that when he screams. Yeah, he's mm. very highly emotional. He is, and in real life. Yeah. He came across as a very sensitive soul. Very sweet guy. Very, like he's a, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's that, he's that way inclined. Yeah, yeah. Bechdel test though, unfortunately not. I mean, the mother and daughter talk about his penis. They just have a conversation <laughs> about his penis. So that's, that's a big fat no. Yeah. Huge no. Um, FX test, sure, why not? I gave it a sure, why not? Oh, yeah, because they knock over the water thing. The water the tower is kind of cool. Yeah, that was kind of cool. And explosions, there's explosions. There's a few explosions. Um, oh, they set fire to the drapes. Yeah, exactly. And then he gets pulled out of the... I would have also accepted Molotov cocktail through the window, but mm. it's all right. It's not bad. What are we doing next week? Well, we're back. Well, we're probably going back to the 80s, I think. I think because we've done probably we're five or so 90s, 90s what, what in a row. Room? I believe we're doing Teen Wolf. Oh, are we? Yeah. stop. That's pretty good. Teen Wolf, we're back with Michael Woo! J. Fox. Um, yeah. Leave a review. Leave a review. <laughs> yeah, hey, first, be gentle on the first wives. appearance yeah. of wives on the show. Now, just to be clear, they did not request this movie. Um, we will be having the wives back with a wife's choice picture. So that's going to be happening too. Yeah, but in the meantime, this is little taste, little taste of um, doubling the double impact impact. Let us know yeah. what you think. So leave a Thank review. Thank you for having us. Um, Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, wives. <laughs> Great reason. Uh, peace and cats, peace and cats, peace and cats. <laughs>